Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Just last episode, I mentioned my love for music with my theater. And if you're looking for unique live experimental jams along with your live experimental theater performance, Object Collection has you covered. Their new show is House Concert. It's currently up at The Brick. And I spoke with a couple of the folks involved after a recent performance. I'll let them introduce themselves. Take a listen. I love to start with everyone's name on the mic. Let me know who you are and what you did on House Concert. My name's Kara Feely. Um, I'm the writer and director of the piece, and I also played the drum kit. I was about it. to say, you better include your masterful <laughs> percussioning in there. I'm Daniel Allen Nelson, and I am the production manager of um, House Concert, and I also play the role of the production manager in the performance. I love that that's your role. Okay, I missed that part, and that makes, that makes so much more sense now. Um, so uh, this is uh, the standard opening question to the podcast and um so we'll start with an easy one what what is house concert when you tell somebody come see our show how do you say what it is when they say oh what is house concert what do you what's your response well i say that uh you know basically it's it's an it's kind of like an ode to house concerts we our company has a you know, we got our start sort of performing in people's living rooms and going to house concerts and more informal things. So we had this idea that, um, you know, coming sort of out of the pandemic when we were all in at home all the time, and then we were now we were starting to go back into theaters again, that it would be kind of interesting that instead of like, you know, um, inviting people into our home, that we would turn our home, in, turn the theater into our home, you know, so... Um, so we, we just had this idea and we wanted to make a piece that is um, based on, uh, is sort of like, it's a lot of old material that is sort of repurposed and changed from our history. And then we wrote a bunch of new material. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's, a, house, it's a house concert, but it's also, it's sort of resurrecting the ghosts of old, uh, of past house concerts as well. So there's this theme of sort of ghosts and the paranormal and, <laughs> and I everything. I love that that's included because like that helps to explain a little bit of like almost the the free jazz component of the mm-hmm. piece itself. Um, it, it it's so um, it, it's like combination of theater slash concert slash happening is the mm-hmm. first thing that kind of came to my brain. So is that kind of the object collection jam? Is that the kind of style of thing that you guys go for all the time? Or is this a unique piece for you? Forgive me for not knowing your history, but um, I'm so now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, we, um, you know, it is part of our history, um, but we're, we're really like a, a music and theater company and we do work all of our work is a combination, all the pieces are very heavily a combination or sort of an interdisciplinary um, project, all of them. So we always have live musicians or, or live music in the pieces. We also always have actors and we often will have actors playing instruments and we will sometimes have, you know, musicians doing actions and working with objects and sort of object scores and sort of event scores kinds of things. So we, we try to really blend the two methodologies from experimental music and theater. So, um, so yeah, so we have different kinds of pieces. We have a bunch of older pieces that are kind of felt more, we, we're calling them operas because they were just sort of through composed with um, a, a music ensemble and and singers who were 
in a way, sort of singing and, um, but uh, this piece is, is, yeah, I don't know, it's a little more in the kind of hodgepodge sort of theater event score kind of world that we're also invested in. <laughs> I think it's a departure. I think this piece allows for, it, it's interesting that you mentioned jazz because it allows for kind of a jazz-like improvisation based a lot in the moment of how the audience is responding to it and just kind of the energy of the audience. Um, from my experience, because this is maybe like the, I don't know, seventh or eighth object collection show I've performed in, or mm -hmm. perhaps, um, it's, m most of them are very, very formalistic in the past. They've been very formalistic and very scored, both in action and in music, and it, the two are kind of inextricably bound. Um, so moment to moment, it, the, the cueing is always very, very precise in what's happening, both in actions and in music. And in this piece, there's much more latitude. And because it's, it's composed of a lot of different songs, both the, all the actions and the music itself, the music set are all these songs that all kind of then allow a little more fluid transitions between them. And I think that part of the fun in developing the piece is that we, we get to kind of play a little bit with the, the transitions. And, and I think the audience experiences that and it kind of like keeps, it's part of the tension or part of the, the liveliness of it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you, you put it that way. I was about to ask like I, what I think would be the equivalent of the how did you learn all those lines questions for a group like yours, which was how does one score this? <laughs> um, it, it, you know, it, it, does it look like, when Kara, when you wrote it, like did you hand them what, what looks like a cage score or, or was it like, um, is it a bit more precise in terms of like there are cues that like when the gentleman who was sitting where I'm sitting now shouts 16, then like y'all know to go to the next mm -hmm. moment of the music. Are there actions that cue, um, okay, so when this person's for the, at, like at, at this time when they ask about um, telepathy music, when they go to this part of the room and ask about telepathy music, does that like, Mm -hmm. cue the next thing like how does one score this I'm really curious yeah well it's it's kind of all those things okay yeah there there's um the begin the beginning of the piece is um based on just kind of like it's it's a sequence of actions that I call out I, that I sort of help to cue through just time so it's like at three minutes we do this at six minutes we do this and so it's kind are you of want a stopwatch you're like what? I am for the first oh, um, wow. yeah for totally the, miss that yeah but it's it's kind of like we we made it we wanted it to be the kind of thing where it was like the piece had already started it it it, it was hard to know when the piece had started so when we actually start when you the walk clock, in yeah it's very clear you wouldn't know going. okay yeah you wouldn't know when the beginning is and that it just kind of like increasingly becomes more complex so and you're the click in their ear, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of cueing different things that then cue other things, um, and then they go they go through. Um, you know, s there's a lot of little sections. Like when we first made the piece, Travis and I, basically what it looked like was we had all these postcards that with, um, you know, like the idea of the piece of like this, you know, this thing with the lamps or. Um, that we were going to have a hardcore set in the middle of it or that we were going to do telepathy music and they were all on separate postcards and we just started arranging it. Yeah, but okay. we wanted to make something that felt very sort of organic and kind of fluid and that there was a lot of overlap between stuff. And then, then it was just a very technical thing of like figuring out how 
to get from one thing to another. And oh, yeah. We, we played with a lot of different orders. And I think that mm -hmm. actually we kind of rehearsed and we rehearsed and, and scored or blocked out like maybe 50% more things than the events and, and, and scenes than what actually made it in the piece. Does that mm -hmm. then go into the object collection for you to use in the future? Like Probably, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, and yeah. they were all, I mean, everything was based on things from the past. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. there were different, there were a number of scenes that like, I, I that came from other, that were part of, they were named and they had pages, they had script pages mm -hmm. that we had. And so, because I know that I have a whole like stack of cast aside scenes. Mm -hmm. Is the whole idea of, I mean, I, forgive me again, I really wish I knew more of your history coming, coming in because I feel like it would, um, in, it didn't, not knowing it didn't keep me from appreciating and enjoying the piece, but I feel like there's a level that I'm missing. It's like coming into a, a band's discography a little too late and they're referencing old material and you're like, <laughs> wait a minute, like, why, why, is, uh, why is Paul singing She Loves You, yeah, 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 at the end of All You Need Is Love? Like, oh, oh, because well, you don't know the song, right? So um, is, is there a little bit of that in here? And is, is that kind of a, a bit of what y'all are going for? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that anybody could walk into it and Absolutely, get something out of it, you know. And that but it, is there more? I, if, I had, <laughs> if I was here for a longer time, would I get a little the je ne sais quoi on top of it? Uh, more from this piece? Yeah. I think you would see more, probably. Okay. I mean, I'm always, uh, I, I, I try to put more into the shows than any one person can really see. It, you know, there's... Obviously, we're in three quarters, so like the you can't really everybody's getting a different perspective. Exactly. But um, I also have a lot of simultaneous stuff going on and little subtle things that like somebody over there is going to see, but it's not going to be seen over here. There's just like too much. So I I like that. I like having more than you can really take in. So yeah, you probably would see something else and you know enjoy it or or you know not enjoy it or whatever <laughs> like get something different out of it but and, and someone and I would say someone like John Hastings who is in the audience tonight who's a musician who's played music and performed in several object collection pieces I'm sure that there were certain things within this that resonated with him because mm -hmm. he knows the history of the work and there were probably moments that that he he knew where the source material of that was coming right, from or right. what it was referencing mm -hmm. and of course I would say that vast majority of the audience here tonight have, have maybe seen experienced at least one other mm -hmm. object object collection piece they usually know so. that there's going to be some loud music at some point <laughs> that's a pretty standard it's the first time <laughs> in a long time i don't know if it's ever happened before that i've walked into a theatrical show and been handed or offered a pair of earplugs and i was like all right i'm glad i came this is sorry i'm already intrigued this is cool we want people to be comfortable <laughs> <laughs> and so. also now we're, we're we've done a lot of uh, loud shows in the past but now the fact that like decibel readers are you know is an app that you can just have on your phone <laughs> so people now they'll like come up to us and be like this is how loud it really is <laughs> and they'll be like this is how long one can safely listen to it without <laughs> without protection and it's like okay there, all right. Well, well, we'll make sure you guys are cool. Yeah. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about like what's the what's a typical rehearsal look like for you then? Like, do you care? Do you come in with like, I've got this full script and like you know I'm gonna say like, all right, go and do the script and like no 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 that's not what I meant there. Or is there a lot of like collaboration amongst the the group to add and or uh, I guess 
creatively interpret what you have on the page? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think we build a lot in the rehearsal. I do always come with a script or an outline. Sometimes it's just like, you know, a, you know like sort of um, self-contained pieces. Like, for example, this table piece is just its own piece and um, or like the thing that they were doing in the beginning with all the props on the table, that is just a complete self-contained piece. So sometimes it is very sort of um, very clear and um, but we we figure everything out in rehearsal and I also like you know I don't um, I like build the I, I like to build off of the actors that I work with and I like someone like Daniel who I've been working with for so many years um, I really you know, I make parts that I think he will be good in, and it's the same with the other actors. There's a lot of like back and forth on creating the the people. So the Fred character, for example, who kind of comes in and he's sort of disheveled and he's like talking to the audience. That we just sort of figure that out in rehearsal. That that character, mm -hmm. you know. It's cool. It sounds like you come in with charts and just let your lots of charts. Yeah. Let your uh, <laughs> expert musicians play. That's cool. Yeah. But it doesn't feel it doesn't feel devised or um, improvisational, okay. in, like how some companies you know some companies really like you have like well, these kind of like leader. right exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. But a lot of companies they have like you know it has that real kind of like collaborative actor driven like oh we we just have this theme and we're just going to start improving and we'll just you know kind of like keep what what's golden out of out of that but I feel like in this process usually Kara has a very clear very clear instructions every like every scene or every idea every moment comes with a clear set of instructions that we kind of like follow and then we start to like maybe find other things that are embellishments or shifts or changes but it does, yeah, it does, it's not like, um, I just got done doing a workshop with another company that truly was like devised theater where it's like, here are a bunch of objects and here's just kind of like some text and a rough theme and now just go. And, but, but it's, Kara it, doesn't, I, the object collection pieces aren't made that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you talked a little bit about the uh, ability for the performers to let the audience reactions influence how this goes. Can you talk to me a little bit about different reactions you've had? I'm here on a Sunday, after, well, not afternoon, it's kind of early evening, so I feel like this was probably, in terms of your reactions, a more subdued sort of crowd, a little quieter, a little bit more like ponderous and, and, and enjoying what's up and just taking what, what they receive. Uh, what else do you get? Well, we played a variety of venues. Like, we, we just finished... On the tour, um, we were in London at Cafe Auto, which is a music venue in London, and um, they have it's a very different crowd. I mean, there was a lot of whooping during the band, the band set. I did and one whoop and nobody followed me, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> now, I mean, theater, you know, audiences are they're very respectful, and they they don't, um, you know, they they're not they, that's not normal for them. So. Um, yeah, and then, and then in Santa Cruz, it was also a music audience, and, and they also are really surprised and delighted by the theatrical elements and often don't really know how to react to things, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's, we get different, but I feel like it, the piece can kind of go either way, depending mm -hmm. on what the 
who's in the room. You know, it can be a very quiet crowd, and it's fine. Yeah, with both Otto and um, and when we did it in California, there was a really wonderful kind of um, anarchic quality oftentimes to the audience because there would be people who felt like they suddenly had permission to sort of like let go a little bit <laughs> and they would be almost like instigators and then, and then the audience would start to like kind of develop more of a personality um, and play along with us even getting up and moving at times or, or speaking back to us more so. Um, but all along I think I'm, I don't know if I said this to you, but I kept saying, yeah, when we get to New York, it might feel like a little bit of a letdown because New York audiences are so much more aloof. <laughs> Even when they really like it and they're really into it, you always get that energy where everyone in New York is sort of like, they're there, they're appreciating it, but they also are thinking about their to-do list of all the other things going on in their lives. <laughs> For me, it's, it, uh, if I can push back on that just a bit, I always feel like, I think New York audiences are willing to go there. They just never know what the limits are. Mm -hmm. That's always been my experience. Like mm -hmm. if you, uh, there was a few times when I wanted to and I'm like, but I don't know if everybody's gonna follow me. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't wanna screw with what you guys are up to. Like uh -huh. now that you've told me this, be prepared next time I see your show, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get up in that. Like okay. it's, it's fun, but like it, sometimes you just worry like, I don't, Am I allowed to? Like, what are the rules? And um, yeah, we're we we don't want to break the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in yeah. California, there were people who like actually started like basically doing a séance during the piece. They're That's like, awesome. oh, this is a piece about séances, and we're into that, so we're gonna like go off in the corner here and like do. What's <laughs> well, a house party? Yeah, like, what, yeah, what else? Exactly. Yeah. That was yeah. I immediately grabbed onto that vibe. I was like, just from your costuming, I was like, oh, I know that guy at a house party. I know that person at a house party. Yeah, like, no, that's that's that girl. Yeah, those. And then the fact that there were lamps everywhere, just like I, that was yeah, it was a lot of fun for me. Um, yeah, this is super interesting. Like, I'm so glad that I came. Um, the show is house concert. We are at the Brick, which I haven't been to since pandemic time so I'm so happy to be here uh, the show runs through the end of May dates mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Memorial Day weekend is yeah like our final closes. show is uh, Saturday, Saturday. Uh -huh. before Memorial Day whatever date I think that the 28th. is yeah tickets and more information can be found at the Brick Theater right Mm -hmm. website which is <laughs> bricktheater.org <laughs> yeah and it's objectcollection.us yes correct? yes mm -hmm. you can also find tickets that way and info. Brilliant. thank you both so much for a uh, very wonderful Sunday afternoon and a great conversation thank you thank you yeah thank you Thank you, Kara and Daniel, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Object Collections House Concert at The Brick, 529 Metropolitan Avenue in Brooklyn through May 27th, 2023. Head to objectcollection.us for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. And if you're an Apple Podcasts user, please head over to their ratings and reviews page. You can leave a five-star review for your favorite independent theater podcast. My name is Robert A.K. Gagneau. You can find me on the internet at robertgagneau.com. Until next time, go see a show. That was wonderful. I, I'm so I love when I have no idea what I'm walking into. This yeah. is great. This is really cool. And I mean that in the best of ways.